Hi everyone, Rainy Bastarash here. Do you have a book in you? Do you know there's many ways that you can get your ideas into print? Here's a list of 21 ways that you can write a book so you can find the one that's best and easiest for you. So let's get started. Remember first, it doesn't have to be difficult to be worthwhile. That's why I stress find a process that's easy for you. Number one is a chapter book. To create a chapter book, you create a series of chapters and subchapters. So let's imagine you take the seven to ten most important topics on whatever subject it is you want to write about. Okay, so these are your chapters. Go ahead and list them down, seven to ten. You can write more or less, but that's just to give you an average. Now, for each one of those topics, each one of those chapters, what I'd like you to write is three to five sub-chapters. So you have the chapter, break it down to three to five sub-ideas, okay? And then you would write on each one of them. All you need to do is, let's say you write maybe two or three pages on each sub-chapter, and you're going to have a nice book. Give you an example, if you have ten chapters, and you have three sub-chapters on each one, and you write just one page on each sub-chapter, that would be a 30-page book. Actually, it'll be a little bit more with your front matter, you know, with your introduction and your table of contents. But that would be a 30-page book. And that's great for an e-book, by the way. Now, if you have two pages on each subchapter or each subtopic, you're going to have a 60-page book. Now, if you have a lot of information and you write four pages on each subchapter, you have... 120 page book so you can see how that works it's very formatted this way and very easy to do number two the 100 question book now I choose 100 questions just to make it easy to explain think of a topic that you want to write about let's say it's dog training what are 100 questions or what are all the questions people would ask you about dog training so write down all the questions how do you train a dog? How do you get them to sit? How do you get them to stand by your side on the, on the right side and stay there whenever you stop? How do you get them not to pull when you walk? Write down every question you can think of. Once you have all the questions written down, then you would simply answer them. So the questions would be your titles, and then you would have the answers, which would be the chapter that you've written. So you can do one question per page if you like, and you know you're going to have a 100-page book. Or you can just do one question, answer it, leave a couple spaces, make your bold question and answer it, leave a couple spaces, however you like. Find something that looks good for you. So if you come up with 200 questions, 300 questions, you have a bigger book. If you like, before you start, you can even look at all the questions and put them in some sort of order so that they make sense, especially if you have a topic that's really varied. Number three is a one-page-per-topic method. So write down all the topics that you want to speak about and just write one page per topic. Very simple. Number four, one of my favorites because I've done a lot of these, is the manual. You've seen a lot of training manuals and different things. If you want an example of one, you can go on to our webpage, AmericanSchoolOfHypnosis.com, and download our free 446-page hypnosis manual. That shows you how I did that. I wrote down all the topics in a chronic, kind of like a chapter book, and explained everything in detail. So it's kind of like an operation manual. You see them on cars. You see them on every topic you can think of. So when somebody goes through the entire thing, 
they're able to learn about the topic, they're able to have exercises, you can put pictures, diagrams, examples, so many different things, but the manual helps them to learn something. Normally manuals are a little bigger if it's a detailed topic, but it can be very simple if you're doing something like writing a manual for uh, how to use a remote control. Okay, so manuals are on virtually any topic. Number five is the mini or pocket book. Now this is a short book for something that you want to teach that doesn't take too long. It can be 20 pages, 30 pages, and you can make it a very small book like this one here for instance. This one is from a friend of mine who wrote this uh, book called Kind Words. And what this is is a bunch of letters that she's written to people. Matter of fact, she writes one one a week to all her followers that just say nice things. You're a great person. People love to be around you, these kind of things. And people ask her, why don't you take all those letters that you've done and put them together? So she made just a little mini book. This one here is probably about 150 pages and called it Kind Words. Uh, I have one that I made a couple years ago. And some of you probably uh, remember this one how to make $100,000 a year as a hypnosis practitioner. And it has five separate ways to earn a six-figure income in your first year. Okay, it's a mini book. Some people call them a pocketbook because you can actually fit them. Fit them. <laughs> if I really try hard, right in your pocket, okay? I'm going to make you imagine it's going in my pocket, all right? It really isn't. But uh, some people make them even smaller than this. Now, the neat thing about pocketbooks is if you have a series of books that you want to do or a series of topics, you can make, you know, volume one, two, three, four, five, and you can have a bunch of different mini books. Now, even if they're varied topics, if they're not on the same thing, you can have a topic on gardening, a topic on uh, one on fishing. You could have a mini book on making money. You could have a mini book on how to build web pages. How many ideas do you have in your head? If they're not really detailed enough to make a big book, mini books are great. Now, yeah, you'd probably sell them for a little bit less than the average book, but hey, you know, what do you want to sell? One book at $20 or 100 books at $5? You see what I mean? So in the long run, you can still make just as much money with many books. Number six, a picture book. Some of you might be photographers. Some of you might just have a lot of great pictures hanging around the house. Take all your photographs and create a book with them. You could put topics on them. You can put little descriptions at the bottom, but just a book of all your favorite pictures. It can be a book on countryside, a book on paintings, a book on if you like to restore old cars, all the cars you've restored, but a lot of people might be interested in seeing something with nice pictures. Number seven is a how-to book. Let's say you have one big idea, how to create a web page. Now, people love the how-to at the beginning of a title. So how to create a web page, that's something that's very popular. And that's a great how-to book. And when you advertise it, you can even put it in a lot of uh, places where you advertise them have a how-to section, such as Amazon, such as uh, iTunes. There's a, you have all the different sections, you know, business, health, and there's one called how-to. Even YouTube has a how-to section. So those are very popular today. Number eight is a list book. Here's where you, if you have a long list of something, it's a great way to do that. Make a list like, let's say, the top 20 cameras on the market today. And you just list all top 20 cameras and talk a little bit about each one. The top best breeds for hunting dogs or for guard dogs, for example. Then just list them all and talk a little bit about them. Number nine is a tip book. 
how many kind of tips can you put in a book that could help someone? Maybe a hundred tips on repairs, home repairs that you can do easily. Possibly 30 cooking tips that will help you around the home. Maybe some tips having to do with yard care. So what kind of things are you knowledgeable that you can give people tips? You write down the tips and explain a little bit about each. Reviews. A lot of people like to do review books, especially if you're knowledgeable about, let's say, something like electronics. You can review the top 15 camcorders, the top 50 uh, cameras, cell phones. There's so many things that can be reviewed. People love to see reviews online if you want to do something small, like even a blog type review, or bigger, more in-depth reviews, such as books or mini ebooks. Number 11 is specialty, or what they call daily books. So what is a daily book? How about something like joke of the day book? So what you do is each page would have a different joke that they could read once a day. Or maybe a poem a day book. Or And it doesn't have to be a day. I mean, of course, people are going to get these books and going to read all through it. But the whole idea is it seems like a big value because they, ha they can get one a day. Now, the nice thing about this is besides having, let's say, 365, if you want to make a year book, 365 poems, you can do it as a book. Or you could even do it as a membership site where people sign in and you just send them one poem, you know, like through an autoresponder email, and you send them one poem or one joke every single day. So that's another way of doing it. Some people will do something like that, such as this woman Amy Long did with her books. Okay, she started out by, it was this kind of thing where she was sending out one of these nice uh, motivational letters every single day to people. As a matter of fact, I've been getting them for two or three years now, and I always look forward to getting them. And eventually she made her specialty book or her daily book taking all those and putting them into here and she has one per page what well, kind of I know you're not going to be able to read it but you can see how she's you know there's one little one of those letters on each page so it stretched it out pretty good made a nice book number 12 is by the expert interviews some people want to write a book but they don't know how they might not think they have enough great ideas well, why not get ideas from the experts? What do you want to write about? Let's say you want to write about gardening. So what you do is you go online and you do a search for gardening experts or gardening techniques. And whoever seems to be the most reputable, write them a letter and ask if you can interview them. Or do a search for gardening in Amazon so you can see who are the authors that wrote about gardening. They're usually the ones that know what they're talking about. Ask them if you can interview them about their book. Now, if you want to have an idea in advance, make your outline of the gardening book or what you want to have in there. So let's say you're going to have 10 chapters. Make 10 different topics that you want to have spoken about. When you do your search for the experts, when you find somebody that's an expert in that one area, interview them for that one area if you like. So now you have a whole chapter by that person. And then the next area by somebody else. Now you might know enough information to be able to do a couple of these chapters on your own. Now the advantage here is if you're interviewing them online, you can record it and you can transcribe it for a book. So now you have a recording that you can put or a video that you can put on YouTube, you can put on your site. If you do it with an audio just over the telephone, you could create a podcast. So you have a lot more advertising and you can transcribe it and put it in your book. Another advantage, these people are experts in the field. So when you create your cover, 
why not put a picture of each one of your authors on the cover along with you? So now you become an expert by proxy because you're side by side with all the experts. So these expert books, number one, are very easy because someone else is telling you everything over the telephone and you're recording it, okay? So it doesn't take a lot of creativity on your part. You just need to edit it. And you're getting other people's information so you didn't have to know it and do the research first. So they can be a very simple fun way to write a book plus you're making great business contacts at the same time number thirteen interview friends strangers or have people mail in stories and put them all together for those of you that are familiar with jack canfield he writes all the chicken soup of the soul chicken soup of this and that and he writes the chicken soup books and basically what they are is stories that people have sent in of heartfelt things or warm fuzzy stories of things that have happened to them and he puts them all together similar ones in this book similar ones in that book uh, chicken soup for the teenagers so all teenager stories if you know people you can interview that maybe have stories interview them about their stories and put them all together but have a theme what do you want to speak about if you want your book to be on spiritualism how many people do you know that are spiritual that might have stories you want a book on family values how many people do you know that you can speak to about family values? So they don't have to be professionals or experts. They can just be regular people, your friends. Number 14 is research books. What's the topic you'd like to write about? Choose your topic, then go online and research as much as you can from as many different sources as possible. You can go on to places like ezine.com or ezinearticles.com or any kind of ezine place where people just keep on writing articles or look into blogs and find what they've written that's really interesting and put all your information together in one book. Now be careful when you do this because you want to be careful about plagiarism. It's said that if you copy one person exactly, that's called plagiarism. But if you copy many people, it's considered research. Now that's what I've heard. I haven't had a problem with it in the past, but research it first. The thing is, if you are getting information from different people's sites, be sure that you're putting a plug at the end of each article or at the end of the book or someplace saying that it came from them with their contact information. Normally if you do that, it's not a problem. It's not a bad idea if you're going to use uh, several people's articles to write to them and ask them and tell them what you're doing with it. Usually they will not have a problem with it because you're helping to advertise them. You're giving them exposure by putting their name and contact information in your book. Number 15 ghostwriting or outsourcing your book. There's a lot of books out there that people didn't write on their own. Matter of fact, I understand Tony Robbins has written a couple books that were outsourced. Someone else wrote them, a ghostwriter, someone who will write a book for you and give you all the rights so you can put your name on it. Now, don't quote me on Tony Robbins. I've heard my wife mention it a couple times. So, But there's a lot of people that do write books with ghostwriters and put them out there with their name on it. That's the whole purpose of a ghostwriter. They like to write. They get paid for their work, but you become the author. So you can find ghostwriters online. They're all over the place. Just do a search for outsourcing or ghostwriting, and you should find quite a few people there. But test them first. Give them a little job to see how they do. I've written several books and created different programs myself with ghostwriters. I find it to save a lot of time. But I've taken the time, I've interviewed a lot of ghostwriters and found people that write 
to my caliber, people that write like I would write. Now, you still need to edit it. You're still going to need to make changes here and there, but it can make life a lot easier for you. Number 16 is public domain books. These are works in the public domain and those whose intellectual property rights have expired. They've either expired or they've been forfeited or they're just not applicable anymore for some reason. Examples would be the works of Shakespeare, the works of Beethoven, uh, Think and Grow Rich with Napoleon Hill. So there's a lot of books out there, books written by Thomas Edison, by Andrew Carnegie. So a lot of these older books that are in a public domain, you can actually rewrite them or actually copy them verbatim and just put an introduction on your own. Or you could change them up a little bit. So there's a lot of them that are out there where you can put your name to it because nobody has the property rights anymore. Matter of fact, if you do a search right now online for the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, you're going to find, oh, I can't tell you how many page after page after page of listings, and every one of them's a little different because that's a public domain book that a lot of different authors have rewritten or copied verbatim and put their own introduction, and they sell it, and they can make 100% of the profit. So that might be something to look at. You can find out about public domain books, and there's actually places where you can get a list of them just by doing a search online. Number 17, co-author. Now that's an easy way to write a book. A lot of people will co-author where you and someone else can write a book together. They might write part of it. You might write part of it. A lot of times brand new authors will ask to co-author with an experienced author where the new author writes pretty much everything and the experienced author might write uh, a forward but they'll use their exposure to help you sell your book, to help you market it or whatever, just their name will help your book to be a success. So co-authoring a book can be a good option for you. Number 18, coffee table books. Now these are those big books you see that uh, have either photographs of animals, people, places, things, food, trees, whatever. And that's what you would do is put them on the coffee table of your house. If you go into bookstores, you'll see a lot of those huge, glossy pictures, beautiful things. I like the ones of, they have some with outer space, you know, that show all the different planets and galaxies. Uh, you know, they're very pretty to look at. Kids will just sit there and just stare at them for the longest time. So they're usually a good-sized book with pictures. So if you have a lot of really nice pictures, you want to blow them up and make a coffee table book, great idea. Send me one. I'd love to have it. All right, number 19 is an audio book. If you have ideas in a book and you don't want to write them or you've already written a book, you can just recite it with your own voice onto a recording and create an audio book in MP3 or MP4 format. You'll find a lot of those on Amazon. You can actually even market it there. But if you want, do a search on Amazon for audiobooks so you can see what they're like. You might even want to purchase a couple. The great thing about an audiobook is a lot of people will listen to them when they don't have time to read, maybe when they're driving to and from work, when they're exercising, going out for a jog, going out for a walk. That's a great time for them to listen to your book. So it's a whole different market that most people haven't tapped into. Number 20, if you create podcasts, webinars, or videos, you can transcribe them and create a transcribed book. As an example, if you recorded a 60-minute webinar, you're probably going to have anywhere from 30 to 50 pages once you've transcribed it. Now, you can either sit there and transcribe it yourself, 
or do a search online and you'll find plenty of places that will transcribe it for you. Sometimes I do it by the word, by the page, by the minute, but it's really not that expensive. And most of the professional transcribing outfits online will guarantee their work. So they'll go through it, they'll make it look good, they'll even, the words that didn't make sense, they'll have them, have them, they'll have them make sense. They'll eliminate the ums and the ahs and the, uh, you know, the things that you have to edit on your own afterwards. They'll take care of that for you. Number 21, recording your thoughts on a digital recorder and transcribing them. Matter of fact, my hypnosis manual that I mentioned to you earlier, that's how I recorded most of it. I actually created an outline of everything that I wanted to put into the manual. And I was taking a trip, I believe, to Ohio to do a comedy hypnosis show at a high school down there. And on my way, I had my digital recorder in hand. And I'd look at the next topic, and I just hit the digital recorder, and I would record it on the recorder, and I transcribed everything when I got back home. Now, again, when you do that, when you transcribe it, uh, what I did was I went from digital recorder to a program I have called Dragon Naturally Speaking. That's Dragon, you know, like the mythical creature. And it basically transcribes it for me automatically. But when you do that, be careful. Dragon's a great program. It's like 98% effective but it does make mistakes and it copies similar words maybe not the way that you want so if you're saying the word hand h-a-n-d it might pick up the word and a-n-d because some people don't pronounce their h's some people pronounce them too much some people say and and it's hand because they have that accent okay so you want to do a lot of editing after to make sure you don't have too many mistakes little funny story I'd like to share with you about creating our hypnosis manual. I transcribed it, like I said, using Dragon Naturally Speaking. But what happened was, every time I'd say the word depth test, D-E-P-T-H test, it sounded to the recorder like death test. So about a year after I recorded the, the manual and had it you know, put out there in the market, I started having people, I don't know why it took a year, but I started having people call me every once in a while and say, what's a death test? Is it a test where people die? Do you have to die to do this? It was kind of funny. I had no idea what they were talking about. But every time I said the word depth test, I guess I pronounced, I didn't pronounce it properly, and the machine recorded it or transcribed it as death test. That's why it's very important to, to edit your books. And even when you read something, if you're reading it yourself, if you're editing it, you might go right over it because it sounds right subconsciously. Depth and depth are so close that you might not pick it up. So it's not going to come over as an error on your spell check because death is a word. It's just not the right word. So be very careful and make sure you edit because the difference between depth and death is a very big one, as you can see. So that's what we have for you today. I hope that you're able to find a book method that resonates with you, one that you think would be easy for you to create your own project. And if you like, we have a course called the Create an Ebook Course that explains everything you'd ever want to know about writing a book and probably a lot more than that. And it's offered as one of the many benefits in our AIA Hypnosis Membership Association at AIAhypnosis.com. Check it out. It's open for anyone to join, and it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. And best of all, it's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Thanks for visiting, and if you haven't done so already, 
please subscribe.